Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me and tuning into this podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast is here to open your awareness. I want to provide you with tactical teachings on how to master your mindset, create your ideal reality, overcome obstacles, and leverage adversity. And most importantly, it's to help you realize that you are in total control of your reality. My hope? To inspire and motivate you to keep going. And no matter what, it's all about mind over matter. Be sure to check out my website, heatherhakes.com, where I offer you a free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change. Again, that's heatherhakes.com and opt into my free video training. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 297. I have brought back one of my favorite guests, and this episode, hands down, is one of my favorites. Be sure you have a notepad ready or your phone open to take notes because he dropped some serious bombs. Welcome to today's interview. I have actually brought back Frank Clark, Mr. Orange. Frank, welcome. Thanks, Heather. How are you? Good. Give the listeners a little background who may not be familiar with you. What do you do and where do you live? Okay, well, I hail from Tampa, Florida right now. Uh, born and raised in Boston and lived in California for about 15 years. Uh, but I love it here in the South. Uh, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've uh, owned six different companies, all in the electronic space. I buy and sell capital equipment. I've helped companies start up. Uh, pretty much there isn't an electronics company that you can think of that I probably haven't helped outfit their factories or in some form or fashion. And I've always been a coach. And most recently in the last three years, I started the Orange Crushing It movement. I have a podcast called Orange Crushing It. And it's all about high drive individuals that love to be successful and love to challenge themselves and are adrenaline junkies and love to get the most out of life. And also understand that contribution is the way to get things done. And the more you give, the more you get. And so I'm really, really passionate about that. And I'm really passionate about helping people get what they want and inspiring them to lead and, and change their lives and, you know, take on the next chapter of their life, if you will. So and that's what that's, I do. That's why we get along. What do you believe is your internal driver to have achieved and, and still want to do so much with your life? Well, there's a couple of ways to look at that, you know, as I'm kind of competitive, right? I, um, to some degree, you know, I like, I like the sport. I like selling because selling to me is getting to yes. Right. And it's influencing people and it's, there's a challenge there, right. To, to get rapport with them and to get, you know, common ground with them and to convince them, not necessarily convince them, but get on a mutual path that what you have to offer is what they want. And so I love that challenge. I love the challenge of meeting somebody new. And that's, so that's always, you know, I've always been excited about that. Uh, when I was in college, I fought, you know, for a championship martial arts team. And, you know, I love the, the essence of competing and fighting and winning. And so that drives me, you know, how can I have a better day than yesterday? How can I have what they call like a 212 day? And a 212 day is associated to the temperature 212 degrees, which at 212 degrees, water boils and becomes steam. At 211 degrees, it does not. So one degree makes steam, which moves a locomotive. One less degree just makes hot water. And so how can you have that one degree of excellence every single day? How can you move the needle one degree? 
You don't have to make, you know, you don't have to make massive changes every single day, a little change every single day. And so I compete with myself. You know, where am I at financially? Where am I at physically? Where am I at mentally? Where am I at spiritually? How can I make it 1% better today? And that's kind of what drives me. What do you do to check in though, or self-reflect to take inventory of, of here's where I'm at. Do you celebrate the wins along the way? And how do you, you know, have that picture to keep going? Well, I think if you, you know, like you said, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it, right? And even when people say that, well, I want to feel happy. Okay, well, that's great. I want to feel happy too. But what makes me feel happy? Like what's really the things that make me feel happy? And I'm a, I'm a planner. I, I have a vision board of the things I want to accomplish. I have a set of goals and a list of things that I want to accomplish this year, next year, lifetime. And there's some things on there that are pretty out there. And I measure them. You know, okay, did I go to six or seven concerts a year? I love concerts and sporting events. Great. Did I do six or seven of them? That's measurable, right? Did I take vacations and where did I go? Did I take my income from X to 2X or, you know, whatever percentage growth that I wanted to do that? That's measurable. Um, you know, if I'm in a relationship, did I take my spouse, my girlfriend, whatever, you know, on X number of trips and do we have X number of date nights and do we, you know, measurable performance? Did I take my kids on vacation? Did I go see them? Did I go see my grandson? How much time am I spending with my friends? How did I grow my enterprises? Did I start something new? Um, did I compete in anything athletically this year? You know, as you get older, you become a little bit more brittle or a little, I wouldn't say brittle, but you become, a, you know, not as flexible, not as quick. So you got to challenge your body. And what are you doing to do that, right? Get on a scale and look at it. Hey, maybe I could drop a couple points percentage in the body fat area, right? But it's got to be measurable. How often are you taking inventory? Is this something you do weekly, monthly, annually? Daily. Daily. You do it. You do it daily, and it's not necessarily on every single thing, right? You're not writing a scorecard every single day. You're not getting a scale every single day. Yeah. Right? They'll drive you crazy. Okay. But there are some things that require certain, um, we'll call them key performance indicators or levers, right? And, and when you push the levers, something happens. Okay. If you, if you, for example, you have, everybody has certain morning routines. Okay. My morning routine during the week is I'm up at 4.30 in the morning. So I can take the first half hour of my morning, have a bottle of water with some, you know, a little bit of protein in it and get a little, you know, a little blood going in my body, move a little bit. I'll, I'll check my phone for a little of the social media stuff. I'll do some, uh, some good breathing. Uh, I get my gym stuff together and I go to the gym and I'm in the gym by 5.30. Pardon the interruption. Do you ever feel lost or find yourself stuck in a rut? You want change. Maybe it's more money, better relationships, your health, etc. But you don't know where to start? I get it. I've been there. If you're ready to take the leap and actually make change and progress in your life, I offer a free discovery call to see if my one-on-one -on -one coaching program is right for you. Visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching for more information and to schedule your call. Now back to regular programming. I meet my trainer or I have a workout by myself and I get a, a one hour solid body workout for that five, you know, 5.30 to 6.30, then 6.30 to 7.30, I'm writing my plan. 
and I'm just planning my day. And this is all before everybody else is even out of bed. I'm writing a few emails. I'm, I am setting the 10 things I want to get done today, right? I'm taking time to be grateful. What's, what am I grateful for and what do I want to do? Boom. And by the time everybody else is just rolling out of bed, man, I'm ready to crush it. So, you know, I get a good jump on the day. I do that every day. Something you touched on that I love and I, I'd like for you to share is the whole idea of an attitude of gratitude and to stay grateful. And what do you say to somebody? What's your, what's your liner on gratitude? My liner on gratitude. And I didn't write this. I read it somewhere. And the liner is what if tomorrow you woke up with only the things you're grateful for today? So think about that. When I tell people there, or I suggest to people that they have a gratitude journal and write down every single day, 10 things that they're grateful for. And it, the, usually it's 10 things. Oh, I can, I can think of five. And I, oh no. Well, what if tomorrow you don't get to have the things if you weren't grateful for them today? So, oh, you didn't mention your eyes. Oh, oh that's a bummer because you don't get to see tomorrow. You didn't mention that you can, you know, you can hold a pen in your fingers. You have all your fingers. You have a pen. You're in a house. You're in your bedroom. You have clothes in the closet. You have money in your pocket. You have blood running through your veins. You have clean air that you're breathing into your healthy lungs. You have feet you can stand on. You have arms. You have a car. You have food in your refrigerator. You have children. You have friends. You have a job. You have a car. You live in a great street. You have a great neighborhood. You have great friends. Have, I mean, I can go on and on and on. I have hair in my head. I'm not bald. I, you know, I, right? I, I, I have my teeth. I can chew food. Right? Yeah. You can go down the list. You would never run out of things to be grateful for. And so when you are grateful and you take a little bit of time to, to recognize that, it's really hard to be in a difficult state of mind when you're practicing gratitude. Because something can always be better than it is. Something's always better than the situation that you're in right now. There's always something to be grateful for. Something so, I've been catching, when I used to work in corporate, I had that on my whiteboard in the office, which was have an attitude of gratitude. And that was something I could see every day. So, you know, if you're having a bad moment, like go back to what am I grateful for? Or something to help get out of a vicious negative feedback loop is, you know, if you feel like there's not enough, there's not enough money, there's, you have scarcity. If you stop for a moment and look around and, and, and I'm grateful for this chair and I'm grateful for all these shoes and all, you know, if there's so much to be grateful for, and then you, you shift your perspective and focus. So you're, you know, no, no longer in that negative feedback loop. I found that to be very beneficial. Yeah, it, it is very beneficial. And your language around that is very beneficial. Look, I don't think that, you know, I'm not a person that lives in a panacea that goes, oh, nothing's wrong, right? Oh, nothing's wrong at all. That's not true. That's bullshit. Okay, there are things that are wrong. There are people that hurt you. There are, there are there's negativity out there, right? There's presidential elections that might not go your way. There's things, you know, there's things that frustrate you. There's, there's road rage sometimes, okay? But I think the language that we choose to use around all that stuff makes it either something that lasts a long, long time, or it's something that, okay, I recognize it for what it is, and now it's done. When people make global statements, or I catch myself making a global statement, like all this equals that. Oh my God, right? You know, I catch myself and I go, unless they're not, unless I'm wrong, or up until now, okay? Up until now, you know, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm so winded and I can't seem to get this running down. Oh, and I complain, bitch and moan, right? And I could say, okay, that's, that's acknowledging what it is, 
but then saying up until now, I wasn't a great runner, you know, or I'm over 60. So anybody over 60 can't do blah, 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 unless I'm wrong. Okay. So I acknowledge the bullshit. I acknowledge the negativity. I don't invalidate it, but I put a deadline on it, which is now. So how have you been able to step into a mental space of acknowledging and being aware of your thoughts and like, you know, as you said, give it a deadline or something you shared with me is um, the stories we have in our head and experiences that we attach meaning to saying a statement that's not true. How did you come to that point? Well, you know, you're a student of the people you hang out with, right? You're the average, I think it was Jim Rohn or Wayne Dyer that said, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? I like to spend time with stimulating individuals. I've done a lot of personal development. That's how I met you, Heather. Um, you know, we're students of Tony Robbins. I like being around that energy. I like being around people that aspire to want to learn that energy. Mm-hmm. So when you're around that kind of positivity, and that kind of uh, understanding how to manage your mind, your language, your focus, your physiology, you put it into practice and it becomes part of your daily routine. So when you see something coming up, right? You're a little, okay, I see this problem coming up. I don't necessarily look at problems all the time as, oh my God, this is gonna be earth shattering. This is it, this is done. I look at it for what it is, not what it isn't. All right. And, and let's deal with what is. Let's not deal with the mind screw up or, you know, this is what it is. Okay. You know, this is okay. This is this. You just lost a hundred grand. Okay. That's the fact. But you didn't lose a hundred grand. Oh, and you're a loser. Oh, and you'll never amount to anything. Oh, you're, you're going to be, you'll never eat again for the rest of your life. No, no. no. What's real is you lost a hundred grand. Okay. And that sucks. All right. Okay, so now what do we do to fix that? We may have to call some creditors. We may have to, you know, be proactive for something. We may have to cut our budget somehow. We may have to, you know, be innovative and find another way to make that money back. We might have to get resourceful. These are all actionable types of things to do. But I always look at things for what they are. Even divorce. I mean, I got divorced two and a half years ago from a woman I was almost married to for 20 years. I was blown away. Okay, blown away. But when it happened, you know, you deal with what is after the, you know, the crying and the begging and all that didn't work. <laughs> it's like, okay, this is what it is. She's all done, dude. She's done. Okay. So let's fix our life. Let's, you know, let's pack up your shit and drive it all the way to Florida and, you know, give up half your stuff and do all this and work out the financial situations and kids and, families and friends and all, all of that, right? Let's just manage it. And then let's get on with our life. Okay. Getting on with your life means replacing all the income again, replacing some of the friends, getting into a new relationship, being okay with that, fixing your body, doing all the things you need to do. Right. And that's, that's the way I look at things is I'm not going to ignore and be naive and stupid to think that there aren't problems, but I'm just not going to stay there that long. I'll give them a little time to Okay, process it. Then I'm done. Let's go. Let's go have some fun. You know, on that note, uh, I, I actually, this was my takeaway when I did ayahuasca earlier this year. And the message I got through the whole experience was that all suffering is self-imposed. 
So what you shared there is we all have life transitions, whether it's the end of a job, maybe going bankrupt, losing your money, relationships, your health, whatever it may be, we all have times of transition and pivoting. So how do you get into the right headspace of you had this vision, you, you thought this was how your life was going to unfold and go. And then you had this abrupt, oh shit, my vision just is crumbling. A lot of people are going to stay stuck in that for maybe years to come. Right. Yeah. Or feel it and move through it. So how would you give advice to somebody of pivoting and, and, coming up with a new plan and focusing on the controllables? Well, you know, there's one truism, okay, for everybody that's on this planet, and that is that we've survived 100% of our shittiest days. Okay, no matter how horrible a day is, we're still here, we're, we're survivors, right? We're on the other side of it, okay? We have our life. And some people might look at that and go, that's necessarily, that's not necessarily surviving. I hate being on this planet, I oh, I have a miserable life. Yes, and you have life, okay? That's, that's a beautiful, amazing thing. And with life, you have choices. And with choices, you can make things different, okay? And yes, I'm, for some, that might sound very trivial. It might sound very, oh, it's so easy. You know, you make it sound so easy. And you want to know the truth is, it is, it is kind of easy. That's the thing about it. Because you can choose to be happy, okay? If you're not happy, you can choose to smile. Okay. Tell me how miserable you are with a big shitty grin smile on your face. Not easy to do. Tell me how miserable you are when you're going on a rant about all the things that you're grateful for. It's hard to do. It's really, really hard to do. And when that happens, you know, your blood pressure drops and you're, you get dopamine running through your body rather than cortisol. And those are, those are feel good, you know, receptors in your body start firing. You can sit down and be miserable all day. You can lay in bed and be miserable all day. Or you can go walk on a trail in a, in a, in a, in a beautiful day and walk outside. Hard to be miserable when you're walking outside in a beautiful day, looking at sunshine. Hard to be miserable when you're on a boat, out in the water, having a good time. Okay. And those are all choices. You could do that. Okay. <clears throat> so, yeah, I look at pivoting as when you're in a tough situation, acknowledge it for what it is. Understand that you've survived 100% of my shittiest days and it's, let's get the ball moving. And, you know, another part of getting the ball moving is, and I, and I know everybody's heard this phrase, the comfort zone. This is your comfort zone, test your comfort zone. But I got to really, I'm going to really, really tell you that life really does exist. The zest of life happens when you're testing your comfort zone, whatever that is. And testimony to that is, when you look at the things that have been probably the most stressful in your life, they actually turned around in many cases to be the most grateful things in your life. Oh, I've got to move from here to Denver, Colorado. Oh, I don't know anybody in Denver, Colorado. I want to move all the way from Boston to there. Oh my God, oh, panic, panic, panic. Oh, my life will be miserable. I won't have any friends. You know, you all, all, we go right into the abyss of hell, right? Of all these things we fantasize in our head. Then we get there and go, man, that was awesome. That was, that was, that was great. Or we get married. Or we buy a house, or we get divorced, or we have kids, or we start a new job, or we, or we take a new class and we learn something different, right? Or we compete. All of these things, at some level, for many of us, we're like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, ah, freaking out. I'm not going to do it. I start a company, right? I'm not going to do it. I'm like, oh my God, it's crazy, crazy. Then you do it, and it's like, well, oh, that wasn't so bad. And you're on the other side of it, and you go, man, that was fun. 
Oh my God, that was fun. Jump out of an airplane, take a roller coaster ride, right? Go whitewater rafting, whatever. Get on a plane and go to Italy on a spontaneous second, you know, just a minute's notice, right? Do it. And then look at it the other side of it and go, wow, that was, A, it was easier than I thought it was going to be. And B, it was probably one of the most rewarding memories of my life. Why do you believe so, you have such a zest for life? Because that's what it sounds like, right? You're living life to the fullest. I have a zest for life um, because I remember, you know, my Nana, my Nana was an orphan and uh, they used to, back in the days in the early 1900s, they used to take the orphans and they used to um, bring them to the church and people just picked them up. So they didn't even really know who their real parents were. And so my Nana was an orphan and they picked her up. And so, you know, she had a tough life growing up and, you know, she raised four kids and my dad being one of them. And my Nana always had a statement and that was, if you have health, you have wealth. And so, and she always wanted to do stuff. And I remember when she was 99 years old in a nursing home. And she would just look up at us and she'd just say, Frankie, just have your health, have your health. You know, I'd always do, just have your health. You have health, you have wealth. And I remember hearing her that, say that. And I think it was probably my other grandmother, you know, that said, you know, we're here for a good time, not a long time. And she's right, you know, whatever, 100 years, or in my case, I'll be 150. I've already marked that date and I own it. <clears throat> um, but for the most part, most of us don't live to see hundred years, right? Mm -hmm. Most of us on this planet have less days ahead of us than they had behind us. And they're just kind of going through the motions. And I don't want to live like that. You know, I don't want to live like that. I, I, you know, when you, when you start to experience testing your comfort zone and you, and you see the great fun that's on the other side of it, you want more of it. Life can become just an adrenaline junkie ride of it itself if you take chances and if you want to challenge yourself. Otherwise, it's just, you know, it's kind of same old, same old. And I don't from go your, through life same old. From your experience or observation, what do you believe is holding most people back? I think the thing that holds almost everybody back and we all go through it is fear. Fear of failure, right? Fear of success, just fear. Fear of rejection. Um, you know, one of the things that we took away from the Tony Robbins events was people do things for only two reasons. That's it. Only two reasons. And that's to avoid pain or to gain pleasure. And people will do more to avoid pain than they will to gain pleasure. Because sometimes they're looking at things and to them, there are two pains. Oh my God, go to the gym and eat well. Ugh, pain and pain. Get up and drive in the cold. Go to the gym. I'll go to the gym and people are going to look at me because I'm overweight. I don't have the right clothes pain, 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 but they just stack all this pain, right? And so it's picking the worst of the two pains. That's kind of how things tend to look for some people, right? <clears throat> and that may be the case. And you pick the lesser of the two pains, but you still do it. And or you, um, you look for what's the pleasure in it? What, what could be the possible great side of this? And go after it, you know? And I'll go after it. Figure out what the what the joy could be in any situation, and let's just go get more of it. Yeah. So there's one topic we love to talk about the most, and you just you trigger this for me. So talk about this pain and pleasure. I think everybody has experienced being in relationships. 
Nobody yep. wants to be rejected. And breakups suck. Divorce, I'm sure, sucks. And so that holds a lot of people back. And the talk about the, you know, the meaning we attach to stories is I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to get in another relationship. I'll never marry again or whatever. So how could you talk somebody into realizing that they're the only one holding themselves back from the pleasure that they seek by holding on to the pain they've experienced? Yeah, what, what they're holding on to is a meaning. You know, relationship has a meaning. Uh, meaning to be in a relationship equals pain or it means rejection or it means eventually they're going to leave me or I have to be on my guard 120% all the time. I have to look fantastic. I have to be dressed to the hill all the time, all the time. And no, that's not what it is, right? Um, I think some people overanalyze, way overanalyze what relationships are all about. There was a, a Christian preacher, Joel Osteen. I don't know if you know him or heard of him, but <clears throat> I, I heard a lecture he did one time. And the lecture he gave was about relationships. And he said in the lecture, he said, everybody's out there looking for their soulmate, right? 100%. Oh, I got to find my soulmate. That's great. So you go out and you find what you think is your soulmate. And what that person actually is, is 80% of what you want. And you know what you are? You're only 80% also. Okay. So you find this person, you're 80% and they're 80%. And you're going along and your relationship is great until you start looking for the 20% that they're not. So you look over the fence and you go, oh, what's she doing over there? She's pretty hot. Oh, you know what? She exercises all the time. My spouse doesn't do that. Oh, you know what? She also, she listens to country music. I love country music. My wife hates country music. Ugh. What else does she do? Oh, she's funny. She cooks. Like she cooks the greatest desserts. Oh, my, my wife won't, won't even cook a dessert. She's such a health nut. She won't have anything to do with sugar. Ugh. You know what? I think I want to go over there and take advantage of that 20%. I want to go meet that 20%. So you jump over the fence and you leave your relationship. And guess what this person is? 80%. <laughs> okay. And when you start going, oh shit, you know, they're not really good with my kids. Oh my God. They have a brother that's in jail. Oh my God. They're late for every single thing we do. Oh my God, they don't keep a, they don't know how to manage money at all. My, I want to go back to my ex because she knew all that stuff, right? We focus on the things we don't have rather than enjoying and gratitude of the things we do have, okay? And yes, there are certain, you know, you want to have some chemistry with the person you want to be in a relationship with. You also want to have some fun. You want to be attracted to them, okay? And then lighten up, all right? You know, I'm not saying settle, but I'm also not settle at all, Okay. But there are some core values that are important to people. Understand what the core values are of somebody that you want to be in a relationship with and make sure you're on the same page with that. Okay, we will or won't have kids. We will or, you know, some people are very political. You are this way or you're not that way, okay? Some don't care. Doesn't matter, a big driver for them. Okay, we can't live in this part of the world. Okay, we don't live. Okay, I can't, I got it. I can't be more than 50 miles from my parents or whatever, right? Whatever your core has to be. This is how we're going to be fiscally responsible. All right, we're not going to have debt or... Whatever it is you guys are, are, are core on, okay, that's your core. The fact that I love the Red Sox and you hate the Red Sox, that's, that's irrelevant, okay? I will educate you and make you a Sox fan. I know that. I will change you. I will make you a Patriots fan. Never. <laughs> no chance in hell. But you're right. On that point, like if you have a core foundation, the rest is just details. 
But I think most people get so hung up in the details and that's why, you know, they're not where they want to be. I think a lot of people get caught up in the, in the fear of it. So then they validate by using disempowering statements like I will never have a relationship because, and they find all of the things that they find are, are in fault of them, or I will never be in a relationship with women because women are blah, 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 whatever disempowering statement they want to make about that. Right. Yeah. Or I will never be in a relationship because I'm a certain age. I'm a certain, I've hit a midlife crisis moment or I can't do this or, and it's, it's just all bullshit. <laughs> you know, it really is when you boil it down, it's, it's all bullshit. People can all have loving relationships. People can all have great health. It's just a choice. Do you think it comes down to the, okay. So I guess the question I would ask you, if you had one piece of advice, whether we're talking relationships, money, career, business, whatever, what is the one thing you would tell somebody to get out of their own way? Um, I think the, the way to get out of your own way is to take some action. Okay. Always take and move a little bit because a body in motion is alive. A thought that's in motion is alive. Action is alive. When it stops being action, it starts dying. Your life starts dying. Your physical body starts dying when you don't move it. Okay. It atrophies. It, it gets inflamed. So take action. And if you make a mistake, go, okay, made a mistake. I'm going to still take action. You want a relationship? Okay, go date 55 people if you have to, okay? But don't not date because the for one and only date you took didn't work. Yeah. You, you try to start a company and you really have a passion to be an entrepreneur. And the first business you started failed. Okay, does that mean you're a, you're a failure? No, it means that business failed. Okay, go start another one. Go learn. You know, bring all that knowledge you learned to another company, get a partner, do whatever you need to do, right? Um, if you want to compete in something athletically, go do it. You're not going to do it overnight. And it's going to be some arduous pain and stuff to get and have to go through, right, to get there. But that's what makes it great. You know, enjoy the journey, enjoy the whole thing, but don't sit there. I mean, shit, you know, and I know tons of people that have an incredible amount of shelf help. They buy all the books, they buy all the tapes, they go to all the seminars, and they don't do anything. They don't do anything. They just read it all. They're the smartest, most, smartest people on the planet, okay? Yeah, so they know <laughs> it, but they're not doing it, and they won't become that next version because all they do is sit in the knowing. They sit in the knowing, and then they become an expert, right? I used to have an <laughs> uncle that, uh, yeah. you know, I called him CNN smart because this guy would sit and watch television all day long, the news channels, so... You want to get in an argument with this guy? He was smart. He was very TV smart, book smart, street smart. Yeah, I didn't think so. But, you know, he could argue a point. And that's what he wanted to do. He just wanted to make you feel feeble and, and not as intelligent as him. So he'd engage you in all whatever argument you want, whatever political thing. You know, I had another family member that used to do that, too. Just love to argue. <laughs> okay. How about let's just do instead of arguing. Why don't we just go do something? Yeah. Why don't we go learn how to ski? Why don't we go jump out of a plane? Why don't we go race cars? I don't know. Let's go do something, right? Yeah. I'm on board. Well, then question for you from our conversation today, what is one key takeaway you want listeners to get? I mean, besides continuing to listen to your podcast? Because I thought that was the obvious. Well played. Right. <laughs> um, the one key takeaway uh, 
is is I, I guess I want to say be grateful because that really just is, seems to be top of mind for me. Um, and take action. Be accountable. Be accountable. Be accountable to yourself. Uh, you know, be integrous. And what integrous means is do what you do. You know, do what you say you're going to do. Follow through. If you say you're going to do something, do it. Okay. Because we do what we do and we don't do what we don't do. It's not 99% integrous. You're either 100% on or you're 100% off. Okay. So be integrous. Follow through with, you, with your, what you say you're going to do for yourself and for others. Be grateful for what you have in your life. And of course, listen to the Heather Hakes podcast. Love that frame. <laughs> okay. I have a couple of questions to ask you to wrap up the interview. The first one being, what is a quote or motto that you live by? Um, I would rather die of thirst than drink from the cup of mediocrity. Boom. That used to be my Facebook quote. I still like that, right? I'd rather die of thirst than drink from the cup of mediocrity. Yeah, it's always drink from the chalice of excellence. That's powerful. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Uh, a book I would highly recommend. I would highly recommend The World's Greatest Salesman by Og Mandino. Uh, it's an old book. It's been around for a long time. But in it, it talks about the 10 scrolls, which are just lessons to live by. And they're amazing. Um, a lot of people subscribe to reading the scrolls on a daily basis. And uh, they're just great 10 life principles to live by. So it's a great book. Final question for you. What advice would you give your younger self? Uh, my younger self would be take more chances. Mm. You know, face, don't be as afraid. Just understand that just take a chance. You see that pretty girl, go up and talk to her. You see that, that baseball team you want to be on? Go try out. You want to be the president of the class? Sign up for it. Yeah. Okay. You want to, you want to, you want something cool? Ask for it. You know, Wayne Gretzky said you miss 100% of the shots you never take. Take more shots. Be, be, and I'll say that to anybody. Just take more chances. Do more. Love that. Frank, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Heather. It's been my pleasure. It's great reconnecting with you. It's been a while. And uh, I've always, you are always and always have been just a beautiful radiant soul, beautiful smile, great energy, a person that, you know, it's an honor to be around. It's an honor to call you my friend. And it's, uh, it's really a pleasure to know you because you're always in a great mood and uh, you're always pushing yourself and you're always trying to have better. You're always learning and you're always applying it. So it's, it's nice to know you. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Be sure to sign up for my free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change at heatherhakes.com. And I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can find me on Instagram at heather.hakes, Facebook, Heather Hakes, and YouTube. Guess what? You got it. Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode. 